Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see this, this whole teaching, why it's hard? Because it's about me releasing my rights in my stuff, in my ego, in my pride. We're pretty prideful people. So Jesus says, man, you're into this stuff, aren't you? Too many of us here this morning, our worth is in our stuff, our job, our education, our 401k, how many apartment complexes we own, how much you have in the bank, what you drove in the parking lot with. Wow. Jesus says, is life about stuff. There are many verses in the Bible that push us out of our comfort zones. Our responsibility as Christians is to make sure that we reflect on our discomfort and remove any sins they may be causing it. But what do we do with verses such as turn the other cheek or give them your coat as well? In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark gives us a better understanding of these verses and how to apply them to our lives. In our study, Pastor Mark discusses how the primary focus of these teachings is to remove pride and selfishness in our hearts. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's message. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, You Are Different. Thanks. Now, would our world be any different today if everybody just did yes or no and meant it? Would it be any different? Wow. Wow. That's why Jesus called it simply. Now, notice he says, if you manipulate your yes and no, if you have an ulterior motive and you're not really telling the truth, if you kind of say the truth but it really isn't the truth but you infer that it is... Where does that come from? He says, the evil one. Well, who's the evil one? Evil one, Satan. Watch this. The Bible says, God is a God who cannot lie. He's truth. John 8 says, Satan is the father of lying. Hmm. There's the battle. Do you see it? You say, well, Pastor Mark, I do really good in this. A lot of people don't. Now, there are no perfect people. Is there anybody in this room perfect this morning? Let me see your hand. <laughs> You're lying. None of us are perfect. Sometimes we shade the truth. We exaggerate, don't we? We say things we don't really mean. We have to be very careful with that. Some of you husbands this week really struggled. Your wife said, how does that dress look at, on me? <laughs> okay. I look thinner, don't I? Careful. Sometimes just don't say anything. <laughs> well, 
when you think about all these things, I read this week, FEMA is asking for millions and millions of dollars back from people in Florida because they filed a claim saying that they had no coverage or this was their primary residence. They had duplicate. What do you think the chances of that money coming back to FEMA? You see, the world we live in goes, I don't care. I'm, as long as I'm taken care of, I'll lie to do whatever I need on an application anywhere else. But Jesus says, forget the oath. Forget the swearing by God. Just simply make your yes a yes and your no a no. Here's the next thing to write down. For the Christian, yes has only one meaning. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Yes. has one meaning. It's not diversive. It's not hidden. It doesn't have an agenda. And no only has one meaning. Now, I just want to say to you guys this morning in this church, thank you so much for being people who are truthful. You are different. This is a wonderful church. By and large, we're truthful people. Our yes is yes and our no is no. And and you're used to that. and, And you're known for that. You see, when this is what Jesus is trying to say, If we'll be known as yes people and no people, you can take my word. If I say I'm going to be there, I'll be there. I'll call you and tell you why I can't be there. That's a yes person. Things always happen to us. But if I tell you I'm going to be there, I'll be there. If I can't, I'll call you. That's a yes person. A yes person is not somebody that says I'll be there and never show. Sign up for this and never come. No, you're lying. You've just said you will be there. Jesus says make it very simple. So you guys are incredible. You're yes people. I will be there. I won't be there. I'll do this. I won't do that. Now, see, that makes us, number one, different from the world. And eventually the world goes, wow. Now, let me show you how these four things, just with this first one very simply this morning, really apply to us physically. If I've told a lie, I have trouble sleeping at night because I'm afraid someday... That's going to be discovered. Do you know what I mean? Does anybody know what I mean here? We all know. And that's why we have to go, go go to the person and confess. So if you're living a lie this morning, you don't sleep well because you're afraid you're going to get caught. See, this simple lifestyle that Jesus is going to give us is like, just what you see is who I am. That's who I am. And I'm not perfect, and I blow it, but my goal is to just tell the truth. And then I can just sleep at night. You see, I have this soft pillow because I'm telling the truth. So thanks for being truthful people. Number two, forgive and let go instead of seeking revenge. Jesus says in verse 38, he's going to talk about forgiving. He's going to talk big time about revenge. He says, you have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, this was an Old Testament law. It had nothing to do with the individual. It was about civil justice. It involved a command to punish and a limitation on punishment. In other words, an eye for eye, tooth for tooth, the penalty should always fit the crime. It wouldn't be too harsh. It wouldn't be too lax. It was not a guide for personal revenge, but civil justice. So, The Old Testament said in the civil cases, it's eye for eye and tooth for tooth. Now, look at verse 39. But I tell you, talking it as an individual now, 
Do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Is that hard? This is one of the most misunderstood verses in all the Bible. I need a volunteer this morning. (laughs) Here's Balmer's translation. If someone smacks and beats your brains out on the right side, if you're a Christian and still alive, you turn the other side to him and go, have at it again. Is that what Jesus is saying? This has nothing to do with being physically attacked. Pastor Mark, I'm a Christian. Right to heaven, that's what God wants. No, that's not what he wants. So this has to do, just write in your Bible, it's very important you do this, just write the word personal insult. That's what this is about. Jesus doesn't say we can't protect ourselves. He doesn't say if a a thief comes in the house, you just let him take our family, rape our wives and kids and take them away. No, not at all. He's talking a personal insult. You see, notice the scripture says right here, if a person strikes you on the right cheek, well, how can a person strike you on the right cheek? They have to hit you with the back of their hand. It wasn't like a punch in the mouth. It was a personal insult, just like it is today. You know, you used to watch those guys with a sword thing, and they'd flap each other with their gloves. It was a personal insult. So Jesus says, it's not about being physically attacked. It's not about self-defense, but it's about what's in your heart for revenge. You see, we're often insulted in lots of ways. Not physically, but we're insulted because... I think so much of myself. Jesus often was insulted. The Pharisees said, well, you're a friend of sinners. You're a wine-bibber. You hang with these prostitutes. They just slapped him. Well, Jesus didn't change. He said, go ahead and hit the other side. That's okay. Because he says, I'm going to release my right. I'm going to keep changing lives. That's who I am. I don't care that you insult me. I'm not going to get revenge and I'm not going to get even. So it's not about physical. It's really about how much I think about myself. If you live in this life, you're going to get insulted by people. Let it roll off your back. Don't get angry. I mean, the only one that really matters is God, what he thinks of you. He already knows what he thinks. So Jesus is a perfect example of this. Now it goes a little farther. Look at verse 40. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, or your clothes, outer clothes, let them have your cloak as well. I have a translation for that. This is Balmer translation. If someone wants to sue you and take all your clothes, then be glad and walk around naked for Jesus. (laughs) Is that what this means? No, this is hyperbole. This is exaggeration. Jesus is talking about people taking advantage of our stuff. You see this, this whole teaching, why it's hard? Because it's about me releasing my rights in my stuff, in my ego, in my pride. We're pretty prideful people. So Jesus says, man, you're into this stuff, aren't you? Too many of us here this morning, our worth is in our stuff, our job, our education, our 401k, how many apartment complexes we own, how much you have in the bank, what you drove in the parking lot with. Wow. Jesus says, Is life about stuff? I don't think so. Have a light touch on stuff. 
if for some reason you lose your code and you have to get somebody else, what's the big deal? Let me ask you. The people, the relatives of the people that died on Thursday in London, are they worried today about stuff? Do you think their focus is on stuff today? No. No. If you go to the people in the panhandle, yeah, you're going to board your house up. You can do it. But is it really about stuff? No, you get in your car and you're leaving because it's about people. It's about people. Pretty soon, guys, all this stuff's gone. Where's your focus this morning? Jesus says, have a light touch. Now, we're, we're not against stuff. We like stuff. But Jesus is doing hyperbole, just like I joke with you. He's not interested in us just giving up everything. Well, look at verse 41. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. In Jesus' day, a Roman soldier could come to anyone and tap you on the shoulder like this and say, Hey, I want you to carry my armor. I want you to carry my baggage. You had to do it because Rome was in control. You had to carry it for one mile. You remember Jesus' cross was carried by a man this way. So Jesus says, notice, let's read it again. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. So Jesus says, well, go ahead and let's use that as an example this morning. I'm walking down the street and this Roman guy comes up and he says, hey, turn around and says, you got to carry my bag and stuff for me. Okay, my, my normal reaction and my normal self is like what? Yeah, sure. Okay, I carry it. Here, have it back. He forced me to carry it. Jesus says, no, blow his socks off. I don't know if they wear socks or not, but blow his sandals off. <laughs> you take it and you go, hey, my privilege, thanks. What was your name? Terrific. And you walk with him. And you come to the mile, the guy's getting ready, and you go, hey, no problem, I'll carry it a little longer for you. You go two miles, you go three miles, you go four miles. This guy's going, say what? What'd you do? You just blew his sandals off. You went further than he expected. All of us have worked in a department at work or a restaurant or something, and you always have one or two of these people. They never carry their load. And you love to report them. You know what Jesus says to do here? Pick up their load. <laughs> Go the extra mile. This is called the gospel of going the extra mile, actually, by many commentators. It says, that's the kind of person I look for. When I hire somebody here in this place, I'm looking for somebody that doesn't go like this. I look for somebody that's going to say, what, what needs to be done? Let's do it. Well, I'm going to have to stay another 15 minutes to this other person there's near carry No problem. Let's get it done. That's what we're supposed to be. See, that's very different than the world. Do you know what's happened in this country today? And it's not because of unions. So don't write me, please. I'm not against unions. Big deal. But here's what happened. You've worked there. I came from Detroit. Here's a box. It's got to be moved from here to here. I can't move it. You've got to get somebody from the union to move it from here to here. And you know what that's done to our country? Listen very closely. It's outsourced to countries where people simply work. You say, well, I don't like that kind of teaching. That's what's happened to us. We become lazy. And now what is our country? Only thing you can get is kind of a food kind of service here. Six, seven dollar hour jobs, by and large. You call places today. You find places in India. They're answering the calls because it's cheaper there because we have failed to do this. 
So what's Jesus say? He says, go the extra mile. Be the person that has the great work ethic. If a Christian is at a place of work in the church at home, the greatest thing should be that people go, wow, this person is really a worker. The world's going to say, what a sucker. He's doing my work. Jesus goes, right on. Now let me ask you, is that difficult? Very difficult. I don't like people taking advantage of me. It's very difficult. But Jesus says, you just blow their socks off. Go ahead. Don't think about your rights. Just think about your responsibilities. Verse 42. Give to the one who asks you. And do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. What? You mean the guy that's on the sign in 95 will work for money? I just give it to him? No. Why? Because this is not a command about indiscriminate giving to everyone who asks. You know, some of those guys, and I, and I don't know, some of them may need it, and you can be led by the Spirit, but some of those guys probably make more money than you and I do. What this is about is, since God's money is our money, and our money is God's money, we should be generous. We should be giving people. But be controlled about who you give to. You shouldn't be generous. You shouldn't be stingy. You shouldn't be a person that wants to get. You should be a person that wants to give. That's what Jesus says. So here's what you want to write this morning. The Christian life is different. It's not about our stuff. It's not about our reputation. It's not about our rights, but it's about love and action. You see, if I don't do these things, then I become an inward person. I become a grabbing person. I become an accumulating person. I become a person of anger. I become a person of hatred. I become a person of revenge. And that lifestyle will destroy me not only spiritually, but physically. I talked to Pastor Carl this week. The reason I like mission trips and the reason I think you ought to go on a mission trip and you ought to be praying one for next year is we get to see how the world lives and sometimes it takes us away from this rights of mine. My rights have been whatever. Pastor Carl told me he was in the sedan. You know, I went over to preach at Calvary Chapel, Sarasota a couple weeks ago for him. While he was in the sedan, he teaches uh, usually three weeks at a time and he teaches these chaplains who are in the army there in the South Sudan and they go out and minister to the forces all across the Sinan. Millions of people are being killed still today by the Muslim armies in the north that come down. Of course, you don't hear about that. Well, on Sunday, he decided to go out to a little church. So they went about two miles to this little church, little teeny town away from the compound, which is guarded 24 hours a day with machine guns and whatever. And he took two policemen, actually soldiers with him, that had their uh, uh, automatic weapons. And they walked to this village and they went into this little hut, which is the church, and a dirt floor and whatever, there's nobody in there. So Pastor Carl said to the soldiers, what, like, where are the people? Is, is, is this not the church? They said, we don't know. So they went out and talked to people. Went out to a couple of the huts and said to the people, why aren't, why aren't you in church? Well, we like, don't go to church because too many of us have gotten killed going to church. So we're afraid to go to church. So the soldiers said, no, we're here this morning. There's two of us. We'll guard the compound for you so you can go to church. So in that, that word spread like that. And in just a few minutes, there's 50 people in the church. They had a full church service. While they had it, these two armed guards, just to be like our parking lot here, with their automatic weapons, are just constantly guarding the compound. We're a little spoiled, aren't we? You feel unsafe in here today? You know, as bad as it gets here, it's like this. I didn't get my parking spot. I had to park way back over there. (laughs) 
Well, wait till you have to park over the creek. Are you, what are you saying? You're going to park, I'll find another church. Bye. Do you understand? When I heard that, I went, wow. Can't go to church? Afraid you're going to get killed on a dirt floor with no air conditioning or lights. And yet they were in worshiping God. So Jesus, well, he just says, basically, be different. And I want to say to you this morning, thanks for being different. You're a forgiving people. You're people that are selfless. You're a loving people. You're not a people that take advantage. You do go the extra mile. So many of you serve in so many ways. You're making a difference because you are like Jesus. Thank you. Number three, love instead of hate. Jesus says in verse 43, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. You see, the Pharisees said you should love your neighbor, and they called your neighbor any Jew. But you should hate your enemy. Well, that's not biblical. God never in his Bible ever says we should hate. And of course, those that were their enemy, they called the Gentiles. The Old Testament never taught that. The Pharisees did it because they couldn't stand Gentiles. They thought we were the fodder just to burn for hell. That's what they call us, women as well. Well, look at what God said in his word. They had these scriptures, but they didn't interpret it right. Notice, if you come across your enemy's ox or donkey, you could call it Lexus or whatever, wandering off, be sure to take it back to him. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you has fallen down under its load, do not leave it there. Be sure to help him with it. That's not hating your enemy. That's actually the opposite. So what does that mean to love our enemy? What is love? If you weren't here last week, as I said, you need to get that tape because love is not an emotion. Love is a decision. It's an act of your will. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. So in verse 44, Jesus says, well, you've heard it this way. Let me tell you the true story. Now, everyone in this room has enemies. We have people that we don't like. You can just kind of think their name. They come. As I said, there's no perfect people in there, so we're in a work in progress. Look what he says. Jesus says, but I say to you, don't, don't hate your enemies, but I say to you, love your enemies. Now, that'd be good enough he left it there, but he doesn't leave it there. He defines it. We'll talk about it in a moment. What does it mean to love my enemy? He says this, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. When paying close attention to the teachings of Jesus, we're often finding that they address the heart. Even when we know this is to be the case, we often struggle with getting distracted by surface-level interpretations. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark reflected on this reality in light of pride and selfishness. In our study, we learned the importance of being aware of our pride and how it causes us to respond to others when we're offended. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us the importance of prayer. In our study, we'll learn that not only is personal prayer important, but that we should also be praying for those we don't get along with. As controversial as it may seem, Pastor Mark will discuss how those prayers have the power to change both the circumstance and each of us individually. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Yeah.